Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kess, with my co-host, Ben Bateman. Oh, hey guys, what's happening? That was so unexcited. <laughs> I was just trying to change it up, because I'm normally like, <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? Yeah, that's great. It's like you're an old-timey radio host. And today we have Andrew Brown, GP Denver winner, right here at the table. Yay, thanks for having me, Alex. Congratulations. Yeah, thank so, you. It was funny, we were literally talking, the podcast we released after you won was yes. us talking about how you're going to win one day, and it was retroactively you had won, so it was kind of... Yeah, we recorded just like wrong. three weeks prior, and there's this long, there's like a long portion of the middle where we're like, Andrew yeah. Brown's just grinding right now. He's just trying to make it happen. We just, and he's just getting so close, and then you literally won, and it came out a day and a half later. <laughs> uh, what can I say? Easy, right? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, that's, I mean, that's one of the things we're talking about today. So today we're going to be talking about two things. The other crazy thing that happened just this morning was mm-hmm. the banned and restricted list announcement for all of Magic was released, and but we'll get to that in a second. For our purposes, four cards were banned from the modern format. Yeah, for, mo- for modern four of them. Well, actually, the same one was banned and or restricted in the other ones, but... Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, we're going to talk about how to play Control. We're avoiding doing any specific deck decks right now because... It's kind of in flux, and we wanted the way to talk to the Pro Tour before we start just making up things, because we've already kind of done multiple brews for you guys, and we want to kind of get to some hard facts when we talk about what decks are good or bad in modern. Before um, we start brewing with Dusk Mantle Guildmage and, and Golgari Grave Troll. Slightly more relevant card. Speaking of which, <laughs> <part's> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ban and restricted list, it happened, and four cards were banned. The one that everyone knew was going to happen, Treasure Cruise, the one everyone thought was going to happen, Dig Through Time. The one many, many people dreaded, Birthing Pod, and then Golgari Grave Troll's back. And I'm currently screaming around the building in my own personal victory lap because I've been wanting that card in the format since it was created. I texted Alex like 14 minutes after the list went up. Like, I just forgot it was even happening this morning. I woke up, I saw the tweet, and I saw Grave Troll. That was the only thing I even paid attention to. <laughs> I just texted, let the brewing begin. Like, that was it. Oh, like, I, it... I had like fever dreams last <laughs> night being like, oh, they're not going to unban it. They're not going to unban it. It's not going to happen. For those of you who can't see, he's like, he's like shivering and grabbing his arms right now because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> if it wasn't obvious. So, yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think that means? Well, Let's I, start with, I guess, the treasure cruise and dig through time being gone forever. So, sure. I, had, I had a conversation with Andrew on the phone probably, what, a week and a half ago? Yeah. I called you just to talk exactly about this. What do you think? And I feel like you actually predicted exactly this. You definitely yeah. said cruise. You definitely said dig. And you definitely pod. said pod. I told Alex um, yesterday at the pre-release it was going to be dig cruise pod, but I didn't anticipate... Grave Troll being unbanned, but I mean, if it's gonna be good, it's gonna have to like spawn its entire new deck. It's not like right. an addition to a deck. I mean, we've talked about tra- Grave Troll to a certain extent a lot in this podcast, but basically, it comes down to most likely it's not gonna do a whole lot. If it does, it's a deck that didn't exist already, which yeah. is good for the format. And the worst case scenario is that deck is too good, which would be pretty surprising. Yeah, and I think. Bo- the thing that was previous, like previously when we talked about this, the one hesitation we had for Golgar Gavishul being unbanned mm-hmm. was Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruiser in the format. It might just make those cards too good. Right. Um, but that's no longer an issue for the previous stated reasons. So, yay! <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. So first, let's let's just address, like, I think everybody knew that Cruise was going. That was, that was sort of the obvious, like, the most obvious, the most overplayed, like, had to leave. And my, yeah. my prediction, I think, when I talked to you, is that I didn't think they were going to ban... 
uh, dig. I thought that maybe Dig Through Time would stay in the format and they would sort of let people feel it out. Because I, f- I feel like even though it's two of the top seven, two mana is so much different than one and it's double blue that it just seemed like it would be a little bit more of like a, you couldn't just jam it into a burn deck or like, you would have to like work with it a little bit more. I mean, the decks that Dig made better, they just made them more consistent while yeah. Treasure Cruise like supercharged a few decks that like were problematic. Mm-hmm. I think they just chose the safer route. I think that, like, I, I've talked to people, and I, they, they generally the consensus is that Dig Through Time would have just been much worse in Delver, and yeah. so it wouldn't have been as much of an issue. But it's, you know, they're the same kind of card, basically. They figured, why not just get rid of both, save, you know, it cover promotes, all the bases, and just yeah. walk away from this mistake. It sort of promotes, like, non-interactive gameplay in, like, really kind of unfair strategies, and it just makes them better. It's kind of like you ban, like, Preordain and Ponder because you don't want those decks to just be better. So you just make right. them slightly worse. I guess it's kind of the same thinking, right? Yeah. Well, they had to play Serum Visions, which is not the best card. <laughs> but everybody plays it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... And then uh, the one thing, I mean, we talked about this last week, and I predicted pretty much a similar thing. The one thing I did say is that Bloodbraid Elf was coming back with it, and... That card's, that card's really good. <laughs> it's really good. I think it's worse than Rhino, to a certain extent, or at least it, it's comparable to Rhino. Siege Rhino, he's right. Yeah. yeah. Sage, Sage Rhino. Sage Rhino. <laughs> Every wow. single time, we were, in, in last week's podcast, when we were doing the preview, they... <laughs> Every time you said Siege, you would say Sage. And there's, like, so many Sages in Magic. Sage of Empatir? <laughs> you know I love Sage of Empatir. But, uh, no, no, like, what? It's, it's a free index, guys. It's like, Monastery Sage, or, like, the five, the five, like, the five, uh, you know, whatever, Sages that Sieges in the yeah. new set. Every time, it'd be like, what's, what was the blue one? What's monastery it? Siege? Yeah, yeah, Monastery Siege. Like, what card is that? It's like a one-two creature or something? <laughs> no, 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 it's Enchantment. Dragons are attacking. They're saging. Of course, of course. I I think with Rhino in the format, it offers a different choice. I also think they are holding on to it Mm -hmm. for just like, the next time they need to ban something or unban something for a modern pro tour, they're like, well, Bloodbraid Elf's back. Like, like, there's a limited resources of cards they can unban. Uh So why not hold on to one that they just kind of banned recently, so it's not that necessary to bring it back. Right. Let Rhino kind of have its time in the sun, and then we'll move on. It would have been interesting with uh, Bloodbraid Elf in the format and Pod still in the format to have like creature, like creature clashing, because Pod kind of like alienated all the other creature strategies by just being too value, too powerful. Right. And if you can introduce Bloodbraid Elf into the kind of junk jun style of deck, like maybe they could actually have some meaningful creature fights. Right. Instead of just this one sided. Annihilation of Kitchen Fink's voices and restoration right, 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 angels, right. right, just like the best possible creatures and having the exact one you need at all times available too. Yeah, I was definitely a little. Well, I wasn't like super expecting this to happen, but I was kind of hoping that Ancestral Vision might come off the list. I, I sort of like when I. I guess I was just more thinking about it in the sense that yeah. like the Delver decks and those decks, they don't really want to draw a card. They have to wait four turns for late in the game. They're mm-hmm. like annoyed by it, so it just goes into control decks. I guess. Yeah. I think if Treasure Cruise wasn't as dominating as it was. Yeah. Like, if they had released Treasure Cruise and it just, like, was it modern and was just fine, then they would have unbanned it because then it made no sense. But mm-hmm. the fact they were like, this card's too powerful, it didn't yeah. work, has kind of probably cemented it never coming back. What when, yeah. what decks do you think, if, if you were an unbanned Ancestral Vision, like, what decks mm-hmm. right now does it immediately go into? Blue, white, red probably is the one that comes uh, to mind. Delver, Paw, every could, blue deck. Could go almost. In. I mean, it could go into Delver. I, if you draw it on turn one, I just feel like... It'd, it'd be good in a lot of uh, awkward combo decks like uh, Amulet. Sure, yeah. Because right. yeah. like you play it and then you just let it 
sit there for a little bit. And then four there's also turns. I mean, four turns in modern is an eternity if like one play player has the right. Advantage. But the turn you get it, you basically win because you just yeah. drew three cards for free. Well, you draw like four haste. cards on the turn. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane. What do you guys think? Is it possible that Siege Rhino is now just going to dominate dominate the format? just by itself and be like the strongest card in the format. So in the in the modern before cons, um Siege Rhino didn't exist and uh, none of these cards existed. Right. Like Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time didn't exist. Birthing Pod was more of a combo deck and which made a lot of matchups um like against Blue Eye Red not very good for the Blue Eye Red player because they could just outvalue you. But now with Pod being gone, I think it's going to lead towards Siege Rhino being in the junk like the yeah, junk... it'll it'll be what Jund was is now. Yeah, the junk resource decks. So like Lingering Souls, Liliana, and like Thoughts Path, yeah, yeah. yeah, like a lot of my fr- a lot of my good friends played this deck in uh, in Omaha, right? Right, right. And it, was, and it turned out to be really good for them. Um, but now I think with Pod gone, I think uh, Blue Eye Red has a chance again. Okay. And I'm really excited to uh, sleeve up some Path to Exiles again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really what comes down to. Path just got a lot better. Yeah. Before, yeah. where you're, like, shooting their Delver, and they're ramping on turn one. Now yeah. you're shooting their Rhino on turn four, and it's no longer relevant. It's exactly what it's kind of supposed to do. Yeah. It feels like with the way Modern's built, and, I mean, Rhino, for the purpose of value, is a really good card, but it doesn't seem like it's that easy to dominate with just, like, a four-mana creature. Like, yeah. it seems it seems like it just because of the format, because of what's happening on turns two yeah. and three... The way they want it to be a turn four format. That's kind of the, exactly the kind of card they want to be good in modern yeah. because it's very much like you can just counter it or like. Right. Yeah, remand. Yeah. Or and like another reason Rhino is so good in the pod deck is because it played birds, right? You can right. power out your four mana insane creature like a turn earlier. Um, so final thoughts. Well, with... and also like Finks into Rhino is just like nuts. <laughs> yeah, Finks into Rhino. <laughs> you want to kill me? Anyways. So, uh, final thoughts. Do you guys think that they did a good job with the bans? I think they could have left Dig Through Time, but I do think the safety valve of just getting rid of everything and calling it a day makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty happy. I mean, Golgari Grave Troll being back just makes me all types of happy. So, really, they could have done anything else and I'd be fine. <laughs> I mean, I pulled up, I watched a little bit of the coverage of Omaha while it was on. and then did you I... see me? I did. I did, actually. They, 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 they jumped over to you as a live look-in. I was like, Sweet. stay on the game! Stay on the game! You want a GP! Um, oh, I just hit the mic. Uh, I watched some of the coverage live, and then over the last two or three days, I watched every match that was covered. I just mm-hmm. went through them all, because I love Modern. and like. Yeah. One thing I noticed that was really annoying was, other than like the few times you would see like the Amulet deck, which was awesome, uh-huh. Merfolk... And then uh, the that super super sweet version of Scapeshift. Oh yeah, the like, red green Scapeshift deck. Yeah, with like yeah, the Emerald, so cool. Yeah, I actually talked to that guy during the tournament. He Scott a, Lip, right? Yeah, he was a really cool guy. He uh, he like walked up to our group and he's like, "Hey man, I really want to double draw. Can you like show me the math on this?" Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like he came up with the deck list himself and he was kind of new and he just didn't know how like tiebreakers worked and everything. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. But uh, yeah, we put his fierce rest and he got a double draw and. He made it in. That deck is sweet. But other yeah. than those those three decks, like I just saw so many copies of Blue Red Delver, Pod, uh, and I guess really just those two. And it's yeah. so just like from a from a viewer standpoint, someone who really loves modern but and like really likes to pay attention to the format. I was just annoyed. I was like, I want to see more of the, the other decks. Wait, I, it, I, the top eight for that tournament was really deceptive. 
Because yeah, exactly. the, the top eight was kind of really diverse. I mean, they did have like two pod lists and two the three lists that just like, Delver, mentioned, but yeah. like, were, like four awesome. crazy decks. Yeah, but if like, you like take it down the top sixteen, more than fifty percent was either pod or Delver. Yeah, the the top tables of that deck were at that tournament were really messed up. It was just all like blue red Delver mirrors, like pod mirrors. It was right. pretty gross. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so for that reason. When you can change the format, really, I mean, like, look, we're gonna keep playing, and Wizards yeah. is gonna do whatever they want. So, like, yeah. if they want to ban a bunch of cards and then unban some cards, we'll be like, oh my god, it's so inconsistent. Let's just go play Magic anyway. <laughs> like, we're not gonna change our behavior. So, like, yeah, please change the format, make it more interesting, because yeah. that's make the game healthier. Yeah, I, I do feel bad for Austin, um, yeah. who, who like he he just qualified for a Pro Tour also, and he like he's put in so many hours with Pod, right? So many hours with Pod. Not even that. Every single banning since really modern has like solidified in the format, he has had like the deck that he was playing banned out from under him. He was playing Storm when Seething Song got banned. He yeah. was playing Eggs when Eggs got banned. <laughs> he was playing John with <laughs> Death Right and now he's playing Pod and that's gone. Uh well I mean it's kind of justice <laughs> right. on his part <laughs> for playing just... the worst decks. <laughs> but um, all in all, I think they did a great job with the banning and I think it's gonna make modern better. And we're going to see a lot of decks at the Pro Tour, and I'm really excited. And we have three of our friends going, so good luck yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah. You'll be, yeah. You'll be on the front lines helping them test and figuring out how to, like, yeah, man. break it. Got battle scars already. Oh, yeah. Oh, I but bet. between this Pro Tour and next Pro Tour, there's now, like, four of, like, the original, like, whatever, seven or eight people from the Heidi Ho crew yeah. that are, like, going to these two Pro Tours, which is, like, pretty miraculous. Yeah. And, I mean, I've, I've talked about this before. Have you guys come up with a sweet team name yet? Because I've been trying to, like... You know, uh, yeah. Which, when uh, when Eugene and I go, we're gonna um, we're getting some hoodies made, so we're gonna wear those. Just like Team Heidi Ho. This is Heidi Ho Gaming. Okay, yeah, fair. So it's like store. Yeah. It's not. I wanted you guys to be like something like Shadow Thunder, or like <laughs> something like really outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, know outrageous team names at the Pro Tour. That's kind of like. You guys could call yourselves like really. Well, silly. I mean, you could be Team Heidi Ho, but then on the back of the shirts have like one of those presidents riding a tiger with shotguns <laughs> coming out of his hands, like on the back, just like yeah. Are you kidding? If I ever make it to a Magic Pro Tour and I'm on like a team, I'm gonna come up with like the most like just random. Like I'm gonna have a hoodie that says like single mothers on it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, just, I really want people to go up and be like, really? Your team's called Single Moms? Like, like yeah. What do you have to say about it? And they just have a story about having a single mom, which I don't have. Like, <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. That's why it's funny. Let's go. Let's keep 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 moving. Keep all right. Moving. <laughs> so standard, not standard. So control. <laughs> yes, control. Um. So you took a control deck to the championship. You have that nice little trophy. I do have a trophy. It broke already. It broke already. Yeah, it's the worst. I didn't want to say this, but I'm gonna say it. The. Wait. There. Wanted, before we got into this control conversation, there's something we didn't mention. What? I really would like to bring okay. up. Okay. We're going back. Is, yeah, we're just, I was just before, uh, with Jessica Ascendancy is something I just wanted to touch on real fast. Sure. Moved on. Right. So I, that's when I, I kind of thought Jessica Ascendancy was going to get banned for a minute there because it seems like one of those engine cards. They like to ban the cards that don't interact with anything else. So with mm-hmm. it still in the format, what does that deck now look like? It, it looks like the original Glittering Wish version with uh, Cerulean Wisps, Crimson Wisps. Right. Are you sure? Because that's the one I think is gone. I think the fact that Treasure Cruise is no longer available makes that deck worse because they don't have... Like, I when I watch coverage, the yeah. main reason they would survive is because they would, like, cantrip, cantrip, basically fizzle. But then, oh, wait, I have Treasure Cruise to keep going. Yeah. Where that is the version that's gonna be around though. You think that's the one versus the controlly one that just like they can just play a different control draw card yeah, spell? Yeah, I mean Eugene played that version at uh, 
Omaha, and we tested it a lot, and it would just be so outstandingly bad without oh, okay. Dig and Cruise. Got it. He was got playing it. four Dig, two Cruise. Right. I mean, the other one, it doesn't have to rely on Dig and Cruise so much because more of its cards can trip. It's right. more of like an all-in combo. It'll deck. just play a different kind of yeah. uh, cantrippy search card. Because the, the blue I read version, the strict blue I read version, the one without green, it yeah. played like Path and Lightning Bolt. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And the other one, it has like. Um, Cerulean Wisps. Cerulean Wisps, Crimson Wisps, Is It Charm, Serum Visions, just, it's all, it's literally all cantrips. Right. And I think that one is less susceptible to being damaged by the loss of Cruise and Dig. Mm -hmm. So it's possible it could still be out there, but I don't think it's going to be very good. The original version was able to win because it could play birds with like a probe on top birds, and that would just go nuts, right? That was how the deck worked? It would be birds into uh, Ascendancy Ascendancy Probe. And, yeah. then, and, and then, then and then it could win. Yeah. So yeah. can that can that version that was able to do that previously yeah. still win on turn two? Just crazy and consistently, kind of like Storm. It, it's 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 probably fifty percent less consistent to do so, but it, it's like everything is still there. It just doesn't have the like draw yeah. three cards. The massive engine that like made it so just like could you refill your hand? Mm, I mean, it didn't rely too hard on Cruise and Dig. Sure, Cruise just made it so it fizzled less. Right. Yeah. The issue with it is that it's still the deck that. Can go 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 fizzle, but then still have their hand filled with cards because they just cantripped and, and like ran yeah. out of mana. The green one is, is more all in for sure. So, but Wizards doesn't really mind as much a deck that like more consistently is going to go for it on turn three or four and mm-hmm. probably win on four. But if it tries to go on two or three, it probably will fizzle. They want combo decks that win on four. That's what the point is. Right. Well, they want like consistent combo to be turn four. So a good example of that would be Splinter Twin. Right. The stuff they're like okay with existing, but like are keeping an eye out are like Gora's Vengeance decks can win on turn two, turn three. Mm-hmm. The Amulet of Vigor deck can win pretty early. Yeah. Like both of those decks can do it, but it's like a glass cannon in that section of their game plan. And yeah. they're more like once they get the turn three, turn four is when they're actually more consistently gonna go off. Yeah. Right. The 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 green just guy sentency one, it is more glass cannon because Fate Stitcher is so outrageously hard to interact with because it can't be abrupt decayed and it yeah. yeah. I mean glittering wish the abrupt decay is just the problem and yeah. that's abrupt decay decks have are not going away. Yeah. Just because Pod's gone, like, Junk is still around. Yeah, like, Junk is going to destroy the Ascendancy deck because it can Abrupt Decay Ascendancy, Abrupt Decay... The bird. The abrupt, bird. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty rough for that You can Liliana the uh, Keratid, which is, like, third yeah. normal, like, this is how we get through creature removal. Yeah. It's, it's a very fragile deck that it has the potential to be very powerful. Okay, fair enough. So I just was wondering if it, it totally suffered, but it sounds like it's just a little worse, it's a little more fair. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a little less frightening. Like, originally the deck didn't even have Treasure Cruise in it. It just, they put it in there and then it was, like, turbocharged it. Yeah, but then they, then Joshua Layton came out with the strictly blue-red version, which is just, like, completely superior. Right. It didn't have to, like, run Glittering Wish. Sure. Yeah. That's, the, that's the Face Stitcher. Or Birds or any of the Stitcher. Face Stitcher version does not have Glittering Wish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Face, um, yeah, face Stitcher, that was, like, pretty awesome tech. All right, so let's, let's move on to where we were talking before. Andrew won a Grand Prix playing... <clears throat> control yeah and control. playing control is difficult to do i'm i'm not a player that really likes to play control very much i don't know if that's because i feel like the game is slower if there's too many decisions to make i don't like not doing anything in the first four or five turns that's like particularly aggressive <laughs> I, I don't know i mean it, it doesn't necessarily appeal to me and i'm always sort of envious of players that are good at playing control so what why were you drawing a control for this tournament uh well normally my kind of like player everybody has like a player identity that like they what decks they like to play. I mean, I think the best way to figure out your your identity is if you play Power Cube ever. 
So like you get you open your pack and like you see like Sphinx's Revelation, Lightning Bolt, and like Birds right. of Paradise, right? Like all these cards are insanely powerful, but you're just drawn to a certain one that you're just going to draft over and over again. And for you, that's all the Planeswalkers. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like Planeswalkers, kind of like Wraths, like Sings' Revelation, all these cards, they just make me happy. I like them. And plus, um, when I when I play Control, I feel like, um, since I've like put so many so many hours into this game, that I don't have to like roll, I don't have to be scared about their draw step. Like, that was always my least favorite thing with like, if I ever played like a green deck and constructed, I was all I would always be afraid of their draw step. And now with the control deck, you can like sit back, you can monitor everything, and you don't care what they draw. You have a counterspell, you have removal. It's just great feels all around. Well, and, and I, I imagine, sorry, I replaced some going this. Um, sorry, okay, yeah, and I, I'd imagine the fact that you know you've dedicated so many hours and control mm-hmm. lets you kind of use that amount of time you've spent playing the game yeah. to a greater ability than say playing aggro where not to say that aggro is more easily and more difficult to play but aggro mm-hmm. you can learn your aggro deck and then be able to play it well yeah. while control you kind of need to know what other people are doing exactly and yeah. so like you take a much greater advantage from playing magic a lot so you know what is kind of ahead of you versus yeah. The reverse of that, which is you need to play something that so that you don't need to worry about what your opponents are doing. Yeah, like we uh, we printed out every single popular standard deck, and I would just have Eugene play against me constantly. Like right, Abzan midrange, Sultai whip, Jeskai tokens, Teamer, like whatever whatever could possibly be thrown at my deck, I would know how to play against it. That's really interesting. So let's let's uh, jump backwards for a quick second. Um, You've been playing Magic how long now? Um, so, I mean, obviously I played Magic as a kid. So like, When you say that, though, like, what age do you think you started? I started probably, like, age 12, 13, you know, like, Kamigawa, Onslaught. Like, oh, I opened a Kijiki, time to put it in my Goblin deck. Sure, it's like fun Magic. Yeah, like... Kitchen table. Kitchen table, kind of, I didn't know what I was doing. We had weird rules. Sure. But I started playing competitively. Well, I went to my first draft um, in Shards, and I had a good time. And then I kind of didn't go back to a store for a while, but then I went to a draft at Rise, and that was a okay. ton of fun. Oh, like 20, 2010, like early 20, Yeah, early yeah, yeah. And I got my I got destroyed, right? Yeah, that was, that's was, a great format, though, right? Yeah, I know. It was fun. fantastic format. I got utterly destroyed, right? And right. As natu- everyone did in their first draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, naturally being a gamer, like, I, I wanted to know why I was losing. Challenge accepted. Yeah, <laughs> like, I... Because when I was a kid, like, I would always beat my friends, like, oh, I'm the greatest kind of thing. And now, like, coming into this setting and realizing that, oh, I'm actually just terrible, like, it really kind of lit me a fire. What's like, the big fish, small pond problem? Yeah. Like, there's many, like, you know, oh, me and my brother, we play Super Smash Brothers all the time, and I, like, kick his ass every time. I'm the best. And then you yeah. go, like, to, like, sure. a place where people are playing, like, in a store or something, and yeah. you're like... Oh, I'm like terrible. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even. I like survive for less than thirty seconds. Yeah. I think Alex and I met right around that same time, right around Eldrazi. Eldrazi, yeah, that's yeah. kind of. I started in Zendikar probably, and Eldrazi is when I first. Like, I think I like won my first draft mm-hmm. at like All Star Cards uh, sure. playing Zendikar the week before Eldrazi hit, and I was like, yeah. oh no, I finally got good at this format. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely. I think like, I moved to LA. I've been like off Magic for like a year maybe, and I like that was. Rise was when I got back in. So okay, so you mm-hmm. you start then and and you play some tournaments and you got yeah. did you did you ever get into that Wednesday night scene over with Thomas and Nam over on the west side here? No, I uh I mean, 
obviously, like, I was trying to set goals for myself. Sure. So, like, at the first draft, it was, like, I don't know, just find out what to do. And then, like, the next draft, it was just, like, make a better deck. Next step was, like, beat X person, right? I always wanted to sure, beat Sure, the best Thomas, player. Yeah, right? yeah. He's a great player. He was a very good player. He was, yeah, I haven't seen one. He always had expensive cards. Yeah. He always had, like, really nice foils. Sure. <laughs> sure. Foil Jace, I remember. He had several of them. Yeah, but, I mean, I just ended up just drafting, 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 drafting. I didn't even start playing a Constructed until, like, a year ago. So, okay, we'll jump forward. I remember you spent some time playing at the bullpen over in Marina Del Rey. Yeah. And some of those players were pretty good. And I think yeah. I ran into you once or twice there. You and I actually played for the first time at the M12 pre-release. Um, Who won? Uh, you did. Okay. And I had opened Primeval Titan and Garrick. <laughs> and you still won. Um, and you were, you were like You were, like, pretty hostile. Like, yeah. <laughs> you were, like, not very nice to me. <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think you were wearing, like, a Kings jersey. Yeah. And I was like... So are you a hockey fan, or you just like to wear a Kings jersey? And you, and you like, glared at me, and you were like, I'm a hockey fan. And you were like, it was, like, pretty funny. I don't know. I was just trying to, you know, emulate, like, Thomas, because that's how he would act, right? Yeah. And I felt like emulating him would, like, make me better at Magic. Yeah. And to an extent, that is that is the rapport that I keep when I'm playing Magic against people. Pretty serious. Like, very serious, very, like, I don't show any emotion yeah. I mean, like, during the game, I'm going to be completely stone-faced. But, I mean, you know, after the match, I'll be, like, yeah, nice, finally. cordial. Sure. Yeah, what's, sure, what's sure. going on, right? So you ended up you end up over at Heidi Ho, and uh, this yeah. is... this is Kessler, I remember him calling me and saying, hey, there's this place, Heidi Ho, and they're doing magic, and nobody knows yeah. what they're doing, and you can win a bunch of prizes if you show up there, and it's totally... It's brand new. And Wild yeah. West. <laughs> Wild West. This is this is, must have been three and a half years ago now, or uh-huh. three years ago. Yeah, three and a half. And uh, you were probably just playing there at that point. Well, when the the week after the bullpen closed, yeah. I went there and like it, I was just like blown away, <laughs> just at, floored. And uh, event starts late, seven thirty. The draft starts, and I this is completely true. The tables there were twenty, there were uh, twenty four people there. Sure, the tables were. I remember this. Yeah, this, <laughs> the <laughs> tables were eight, seven, nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, pretty great. Just <laughs> reckless abandon. I don't care. And uh, I remember, like, I was drafting, and, like, I opened, like, a Bloodline Keeper, so obviously my That's deck's awesome. insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, in pack one, I get a pick four Curse of Death's Hold, right? <laughs> and then I, I you know, kind of, like, trying to be a little helpful and, like, keep my kind of serious yeah. rapport, I'm like, uh, guys, you know this card is really insane, right? And then someone, like, snaps <laughs> off right next to me. Oh, it's not good against my deck. <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. So this and, is... Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This is, this is the better part of the story, right? So I end up having to play him in the finals, right? Okay. This guy who snaps off is not good against my deck, right? Right after he tells me Curse of Death's Hold is awful, I like... Curse of Death's Hold, by the way, for anybody who's just wondering, it's, it's two, absolutely two black, insert. three colorless, all of your opponent's creatures get minus one. It's minus absolutely one. insert. It's yeah, so after I like crush a bunch of people with my Curse of Death's Hold and Bloodline Keeper... Right. Um, I have to beat, play him in the finals, right? Sure. Um, so obviously he's a bit of a chatterbox and won't shut up about like, oh man, I'm getting mana screwed as I like mulligan to four or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, who taught you? <laughs> and then, uh, so he has, he has uh, five mana, right? Sure. And he has one creature because I just played Curse of Death's Hole, like right. wrathing him, right? Yeah. So he has two cards in hand. 
He plays Infernal Plunge, sacrificing his last guy, adding three mana, and then playing Banefire Dragon. The seven mana, like, wrath your opponent's board every turn. He just crushes me with it. And then I go into, like, clinical depression. And then, after everything's done, I ask the, I ask the TO, so what do I get for losing in the finals? I got one pack. Yep. Oh, jeez. Yep. Uh, the first time I ever went to Heidi Ho, I think it was the first tournament they ever had, or second, and it was a legacy tournament. It was like in a big poster on the wall, legacy. I show up, me and my friend Adam, Adam's playing Miracles, or what, what it yeah. was the countertop back in the sure. day, and I was playing Affinity, like yeah. just straight up, like, it was like middle Scars block. We show yeah. up, it's us two, and then every other person's playing a pre-con deck that they just opened. And we both like make each of us make twenty bucks, walk out, and we're just like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I play there every weekend. Yeah. One person I think had like twelve of the same bad five four for seven mana from like shards of Alara block <laughs> and Bants, and it was like, okay, technically, technically a uh, legacy deck. So uh, okay, so so you, you show up to you show up to Heidi Ho, and this is I think yeah. the story gets really interesting because yeah. I think this is around the time that I, I kind of met you for the second time, and I started yeah. going to Heidi Ho. I lived around the corner from there, sure. And uh, as the store was forming, you know, uh-huh. it, it was really interesting to see like players coming in, and, and a lot of people were kind of turned off by how disorganized it was at first. Mm-hmm. Josh Bird sort of was around for a while, yeah. kind of making things happen. So yeah. I remember him a little bit. And then there was this great core group that you were a part of, and I think you kind of you sort of led it. And Eugene obviously was part of that original yeah. group. I played with you guys a lot back then. Uh, I don't play at the store as much anymore, mm-hmm. but back we would draft on Tuesday. Super Tuesday started then. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think Cliff, who just qualified, Austin was in that group. Brandon yeah. Fisher, right? Yeah. Uh, there was probably a, a good like seven, eight people who would consistently show up. Mm-hmm. So now, in the last probably two and a half to three years, as you guys have played so consistently, yeah, the progress of, of top eighting PTQs and somebody wins one and then mm-hmm. a couple people are day two in Grand Prix and somebody wins a Grand Prix. Yeah. Now here you are and four of that original eight people are qualified for the Pro Tour. Uh-huh. What do you what do you take from that whole experience and say like aside from the obvious just man hours just practice, practice, practice what do you think kind of helped bring you guys from that place of just what everybody is a group of players at a Magic Store to legitimate like shot at um, being pros now? Just surrounding yourself with uh, people that you like and people that you know uh, have the same mindset. Like, they all want to improve. They don't want to stagnate. And I think that's the problem with a lot of stores is, like, they don't kind of branch out and they don't think outside the box. They don't think that FNM is the final frontier, right? Yeah. They see these pros and everybody, like, winning everything. It's like, oh, man, I want to I wanna be like them. That's what I wanted to do instead of just win FNM and get, like, what, seven packs, right? That's That's not my end goal, right? So what I did was, I mean, I just kind of, like, brought who I thought were the best players, made them my friends, and then I'm like, guys, we can do this. And, you know, like, there are certain techniques just for, like, practicing and improving. Like, we don't tell bad beat stories anymore to each other because that's not really conducive to learning, right? Like, yeah, you and you buy bad beats. I mean, I got mana screwed. He top decked this. Or... Yeah, yeah. Like, saying that just com- doesn't mean anything. Because like, somebody, at pros always, that's going to happen to everybody. Equally. Yeah. yeah. So you just, the, you the question that. that you ask yourself is, what could I have done better that game? Right. So we just started asking that question more often, and it just kind of improved from there. And, like, we started printing out decks, you know, like playing against the field, and then just generally understanding magic and how to play it. Okay. Uh, so now so now what's the what's the next step for you as a magic player? Um I'm going I'm going to go to more GPs. I really want to chase silver. 
Okay. Silver pro status. Um, I have 11 pro points right now, so I need uh, nine more to make silver. So I really want to do that. Hoping to do pretty well <laughs> yeah. at the pro tour. Okay, yeah. so uh, so you're at, so you're down here at Grand Prix Denver, mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're in day two, and you've been day two before. Yeah, and it's you're not, nothing new. Yeah, right. It's been the last year or two. That's it's been happening. So right. now you you look at the standings. You're in the top eight. Sure. What's the feeling like? I mean, what, what does it feel like to make the top eight of a Grand Prix? It's the first time. Uh, well, I kind of want to talk about day one a little bit because like that was. One of Feel our free. take us through it. Yeah, one of our goals was like as a as a team was like nine oh a Grand Prix, nine oh day one, right? right? And I finally got to do that. And like what that meant was like I could look at the standings and say, I'm gonna play this guy next round. Right. And then I knew their deck list. Right. And I was at breakfast, we were like talking about sideboarding, right? Right. Just like trying to next level, get any advantage you can. And then like it kind of sucked on day two. I lost my first two rounds. Oh, wow. And I was really, really demoralized at X2. And then I swept three in a row and then was able to draw in. So that, the, the vibe amongst your group when you guys travel mm-hmm. to a big event like this, everything yeah. from the night before the first day, yeah. the, the breakfast before day two, yeah. when you lose your first two and you guys are kind of meeting up between rounds, yeah. what's the vibe in your group like? Is it, a, is it a positive, supportive vibe? Is it just kind of a mellow? No, it's it's always positive. It's always we got this. It's always we can do this. We've done this before. There are no challenges we can't beat, right? Okay, so it's fully positive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you because there's no negativity. We can't say, "Oh man, he did this and then I lost." It's more like, "I didn't get there. What are steps I can take so that next time I can win?" Sure. Or if there's still a statistical chance, what can I do before this tournament's over? Probably. Exactly. Right. Okay. So you draw in. You're in the top yeah. eight. It's the first time. Uh, it's the first time that other than Eugene, have any of you guys made a top eight of a Grand Prix? Uh, no, I think yeah, Eugene was the only one who top eight. Well, Adams top eight a GP. Sure, but he wasn't. Was he at the event? Uh, no, he wasn't at the event. He's been kind of yeah, uh, aloof in, recently. In out, right. Okay, so you're in the top eight. And yeah. You know your matchup. What's yeah. your what's your what do you do to prepare yourself right then? Because I've got I have four matches of matches well, to win. Three matches. Oh, three. I'm yeah. Sorry. So they 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 give you the deck list of yeah. everybody. They give you everybody's deck list, and uh, I got paired against the Mardu guy, first round. Sure. Um, his deck was interesting. He had like Bloodsoak Champion, which is really good against me, and like Timoret, which I was like very afraid of. Right. But, but Blood So Champion is like a recursive. It's yeah, the one it's, black two one. Yeah, that yeah, anytime one. you attack, you can two pay one, two to bring it back. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was uh, initially I was afraid, but he just he made a really big mistake against me. Like in a in a low resource game where like we we didn't have very many cards in hand, he thought sees me while I was vulnerable after playing a vault, and he didn't take a pearl ancient. Okay, and that's and that's like your big finisher. Yeah, I only have two in the deck. And that was, I guess it was a mistake on his part. And, like, he took it, like, a, a counter spell. Maybe he, like, didn't understand that that was your big card. Yeah, like, if he takes Pearl Lake Ancient, it's going to take me a, a year to kill him. To draw, I have to draw to f- the other one. I have to find my other one, yeah. yeah. Right. So that worked out. And then the next match against Valentine Mackle, um, he made, a, a again, a severe misplay. He had seven mana and a Rhino out. He was and playing I, Abzan? Abzan midrange, okay. yeah. He had um, Rhino, seven lands, and I had a Perilous Vault out with open mana. He attacks me with Rhino. I, I take it. Right. And he reads Perilous Vault, and he plays Fleece Mane Lion. Huh. And then end of turn, I crack Vault. And then he says, in response, all monstrous. Whoa, he didn't get it. Yeah, he didn't get it. Ooh, he like read it to see if it had 
remover destroy yeah. and then like red remove and then his brain was like oh it says destroy yeah <laughs> it's exactly what... <laughs> so that's a huge 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 misplay he could have had another threat on board in his hand like safe from removal or counter spell and yeah. then policeman's pretty good against you if it gets live yeah i mean yeah. my only way to get rid of it is vault and right. he just like played right into that so. so then the finals yeah um i i i've watched the the match twice yeah against sperling just just so it could sink in because <laughs> like the first thing that i thought when i when i won was like all right who else do i have to play now right sperling's a good player i played i yeah. played him like two or three different times at ptqs he's yeah a, he's like a local guy yeah sperling's really good um he uh game one he didn't draw his fifth land to get like hit wingmate rock for a while and then I kind of had a nasty blowout where he attacked with Lion. Yeah. And then I played Pearl Lake. He went to kill it, and I negated. And then I saw. I've, I've watched the coverage. I've yeah. seen it. <laughs> yeah. So that was bad for him. And then in the second game, like, uh, if he didn't brick for like a couple turns and like ch chain together some rhinos, I might have been in trouble. But from the outset, like he already mulliganed and like right. he got I, right. I thought seized him and like it was kind of. It was kind of rough for him in yeah. general. He got the bad beat on Mulligan. Okay, so you you win a Grand Prix. You're playing yeah. Control. Mm -hmm. uh, so just just as a definition standpoint for people listening, define Control. What is like a Control game plan? Uh, control game plan is to um, manage the early game so that you can make way for your uh, finisher to end the game. You essentially want to stop them from doing anything and then play your one trump card that can beat them kill them some, but yeah some combination of, of removal card draw counter spells yeah like yeah you that. play discard if you're black rapid god rapid god if you're white yeah and blue generally has some type of card draw spell to help you get through it normally control is a combination of blue and then black white or red yeah um yeah, yeah and control can win with anything from uh Two one flyer that yeah. is untargetable to like a seven seven that just is good. Like I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, my finisher was a uh, Pearl Lake Ancient, and normally you want your finishers to be difficult to remove or difficult to block. Right. So right. I mean, Pearl Lake Ancient it is, is all of those. <laughs> nearly impossible to kill, and uh, with Vault, it's like you can clear the way of everything and then Play. have your player six seven. And then they can't beat it. I mean, in modern, classically, the control deck is blue-white, and the threat yeah. for them is... Um, Celestial Colonnade. Yeah, Celestial Colonnade. Yeah. The land, which is, you know, it's a 4-4 flying vigilance land creature yeah. that, like, they can't deal with it on their turn because it's a land. Yeah, it doesn't get hit by... <laughs> um, it doesn't so, get hit by lightning bolt. Yeah, which yeah. is like, it dodges two of the three major removal spells of the format, and the third yeah. one kind of just makes it slightly worse. It doesn't even get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, it... The game plan normally is stop your opponent mm -hmm. entirely. Try and make yeah. them so whatever they're going to do to kill you, you they can't. And then in the very late game, once you've kind of demoralized them, yeah, uh, swing in with part. yeah. <laughs> I'd say in in standard usually has a nice like usually we'll have like a nice control deck at some point in most standard mm -hmm. formats. They'll be like and and standard is usually not so abundant with like really really difficult to deal with threats that mm -hmm. a control deck 
I guess what I'm trying to say is that in modern, it's difficult to have a traditional control deck in modern because there's, there's so many recursive threats. There's so many things that are untargetable. There's so many fast strategies. Mm-hmm. Your traditional four-man Wrath of God effect or or one-for-one one removal spells just often aren't going to be able to get through enough to, yeah. to win the game. I mean, the, the, the statement modern and control and the reason control has had problems kind of being a solid deck in modern for so long is modern is very, normally at least, very, very, very diverse. Mm-hmm. And the way it's diverse is all very different. Right. You have yeah. combo decks... And most decks have a combo finish. So you had, before today, you had Birthing Pod that, like, if they got a pod on board and they got a creature, Control had a huge problem stopping them. You had Infect, where if they got one creature and they got into you, you would have, like, you know, good removal for them, good permanent removal for those guys. Like, the the width, the breadth of different strategies you had to be able to handle Mm -hmm. was difficult to not be doing, like, stopping what your opponent's doing and have a proactive plan yourself. Well, you said it earlier, and it makes... And it's one of my true beliefs that why control is good is if you put in the hours and you understand what everybody else is doing, you can have a you can have an upper upper an upper hand on them. Right. And with modern, it's really hard because there's so many decks and like anybody well, can be playing anything. Right. And, and on top of that, you know, you only have 15 cards in your sideboard. Yeah. Like eventually, you're just gonna like, and it's in modern because it's so diverse. You know, when a deck is dominant, you. Generally, we'll only play it once or twice. Maybe twice, if you're lucky. Normally, you play 15 different decks in a tournament. And if you're playing 15 different decks, that means you could maybe have one card in your sideboard per matchup if you had covered everything. And that's going to hurt your chances against the decks you need to be better against. It's also hard uh-huh. to do the thing when you're when you're prepping. I've done this so many times at like PTQs where you're talking about like, oh well these are the four best decks and this is my sideboard and it's really good against those four decks. Uh-huh. And then you play nine rounds and you play those decks three out of nine rounds. And then the other yeah. six you're just playing things that you were just unprepared for and or not necessarily unprepared, but your sideboard's just not that good against. Yeah. It's just kind of the nature of the game in modern. It, it's too wide open to really pinpoint like a good kind of blanket defense well in standard everybody's going to come at you with creatures right modern thing come at you with cap with combo i mean and, and actually it's one of the reasons i'm sad dig through time is gone mm-hmm. versus treasure cruise because treasure cruise encourages a player to play more of a tempo game because it's all about velocity yeah where you know the problem with modern and one of the problems is there's not a very good way to kind of get ahead of opponents there's mm-hmm. not a good blue card draw spell really especially now that the two that they printed both got banned so like what Dig Through Time can allow, it allowed control players to be able to play a little bit more silver bullety plan where you're yeah. like, okay, I need to be able to handle every matchup that I possibly can face. Yeah. This card's going to help me find the cards I need against those opponents when mm-hmm. I need them. Gotcha. And that no longer, that doesn't really exist in modern. Control doesn't really have that available to them. Like one of the, ga- like that's why tempo has kind of always been better because it's all about you have your little threat out there that's going to kill them and you just have to like survive until it kills them yeah. versus stopping them and then killing them once you stopped what they were doing. Yeah. So if, if you're a seasoned control player and you, and you go yeah. into a tournament, uh, you kind of explain why you think it's a good strategy. <laughs> uh-huh. What do you think are the most important things to keep in mind when you're playing control? Well, threat assessment is probably the number one kind of control player skill that you need to have. Like You need to understand when, how far you can push your life total and how safe you can feel at a certain life total to where you have to put on the brakes. A good example is if you watch the finals match against Sperling. Um, Which pulled... there will be a link uh, below on rocketjump.com to that video. You can go watch Andrew win a Grand Prix. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he plays a Rexasha Death Dealer against me. Um, which is like the... It's a 2-2, two, two, right. so he... It's the 2-2 two, two that can pump to be a four. Yeah, right. And so, it's a cat demon. I mean, I, I, I have an opportunity to, to answer it, but I'm not 
too afraid of it because I'm at a good life total. And he inf- he deals like 11 damage with this one card, right? Right. But I prevent him from doing anything else. And once I have an opportunity to remove it, I remove it and then I play my finisher and it's all over for him. Right. And, and, and <clears throat> you know, your catch-all answer, which in standard is uh, Perilous Vault, yeah. answers it. But you just have to get to that point. But the nice thing about Rick, Rick, ugh, I'm never going to say it correctly. Rick Sasha Death, Rick Sasha Dealer. Death Dealer is that it's a mana sink that they have to spend mana to kind of make it do stuff. Yeah. So like they're delaying their game plan, allowing mm-hmm. you to kind of just survive long enough to get that perilous yeah. vault online and kill. So them. like threat assessment and life total management is probably the number one skill, the, n- the number one and two skills that a control player really needs to, because you need to evaluate how they can win evaluating how they can win is evaluating their threats and then evaluating how you can win is your own life total so where you can have your finisher win the game for you would you say that uh your understanding of how to efficiently use your mana because uh, one of these decks is ultimately looking to be able to do two things in one turn that's the ultimate yeah. goal is play two spells activate mm-hmm. something and cast a spell remove something and draw a card that kind of thing right yeah, um, I mean, in standard, you have a lot of tap lands, so, like, sequencing is a pretty big problem. And in modern, too, because your colonnades come in tapped. Right, and, and in modern, because of, you know, life still being so important, your lands are also a resource. Like, when do you play the fetch into a thing, or when do you right. get yeah. uh, a non-shock land? Yeah, so, I am I mean, with mana efficiency, it's a, it's a pretty big thing in standard. Modern, I think, less so, because um, you have a wealth of all your colors, and sure. not everything has to come in tapped, but... Um, I think sequencing your lands is a big thing in standard and not so much in modern. But overall, I don't know what I'm saying. Continue. Uh, no, overall, yeah. we're incredibly proud of you for winning a Grand Prix. Right. And you did it playing <laughs> Control, and it's, it's really awesome. And uh, Well, one thing I did want to get into before we finish up is, you know, if you were modern, and I know you know modern relatively well, you were mm-hmm. King of the Hill for the first six rounds on yeah. uh, uh, during the last GP. Yes. And... Um, Playing control and how you would kind of what you would think to look out for against some specific decks, the ones mm-hmm. that are probably most likely to kind of survive into the Pro Tour. Yeah. Um, for instance, Splinter Twin. Uh, Splinter Twin's a good matchup. Um, which control deck am I playing right now? Uh, blue White Red. Blue White Red. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Control against Blue White Red. Um, it's definitely a end of turn kind of game. So you have Path, which is like an, an answer all for them. Right. It's like you're- probably your best card against them yeah like they're they're rarely gonna win on turn four um normally a way that they do beat you is they kind of beat you on the end of turn eight when they have like eight lands and then if you don't have ample counter spells to when you get in a counter fight then they can they can win through that or they can actually just play pestermite and like attack you to death because they also right. they need to get out from under mana leak right they yeah have, that's the things they have to get around it yeah, and Mana Leak obviously gets worse throughout the game. But overall, I think against Twins, probably like 70-30 for you. And you have Counterflux in the board, right, right. insane. You have Counterspells and cheap and efficient removal. That's like yeah. that's like really good against them. <laughs> Plus Counterflux, man. How do yeah. they win? All right, now how do you beat uh, Big Daddy Rhino? Uh, okay, so... And, and Abzan mid-range would be <laughs> the second half right. of the statement. All right, uh, so we're, I'm talking about the Junk deck? Yeah. All right, so against the junk deck as blue, right, red, um, their best card against you is Liliana. Easily. Right. Um, Tarmogoyf gets pathed. Ooze just gets bolted immediately. Thoughtseize can be a pretty big problem. What they can end up doing is kind of thoughtseizing your advantage spells to make it a low-resource game, which is what you don't want. So 
if uh, if you can kind of dodge Thoughtseize and then uh, kind of get the Liliana, like kill the Liliana with like Resto or Colonnade, then you can win. But normally, I think the matchup is probably about forty to forty-five in your favor. So I mean, actually, not in your favor. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, now here's a, a hard ball, a deck that might be a little hard. Birthing Pod. I mean, <laughs> uh, Scape Shift. <laughs> uh, Scape Shift. Um, Scape Shift is, is a tough one because in game one, you have all these bolts and helixes. It's kind of like... don't do anything. It's, it's like really inefficient. So actually what I like doing against decks like Scape Shift is just trying to race them. So like... Start firing off your bolts Just fire, like, fire, their, fire your bolt at their face on turn one, play Snapcaster on turn two. Right, or like right, if you right. like if you have like snapcasters two one for one, it's really really good against them. Right. Um, what's my next matchup? What's your next matchup? Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, affinity. Uh, affinity is probably fifty fifty for you game one okay. because you have bolt path helix all really good against them. Right. Mana leak is actually pretty strong against them on the play. Because normally they can't really power out their two mana spell on turn one. Right. So if you have two mana and then they go for like a plating or a ravager overseer, you can counter it. They're like right. the most important spells to counter. Yeah. Which, by the way, Andrew played Affinity at this la- at GP Omaha. I did play Affinity at Omaha. And I was excited when I saw the coverage. I saw, uh, we talked about this, I think, last week on the pod. We were talking about Ghostfire Blade. Yes, I had Ghostfire Blade. He played yeah. Ghostfire Blade in his Affinity list. I actually, I do want to ask, why Ghostfire Blade? <laughs> it's uh, plating number five and. Uh, I think Spellskite was going to be really prevalent in this tournament. Okay. Your way to beat most... Uh, normally, your trump card is kind of Etch Champion. Uh-huh. So Etch Champion with Ghostfire Blade goes right through Spellskite. Right. really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, incredibly good. The only thing I don't like about Ghostfire Blade is that it costs three to equip it to Vault Scourge, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah, so good. Bad value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, cool. Well, so your pro tour coming up yes. is not a modern pro tour. It is standard. Brussels is standard. Standard, yeah. standard pro tour. But we have three of the other guys in this group going to the modern pro tour? Yes. Um, my teammates Eugene and Jai Chen are going, and Austin is going as well. Excellent. And you're going to be attending, I'm assuming, all of the reachable Grand Prix in yes, the near future? Yes, in the near future. Uh, I'm also queued for the regional Um I won a. I won the first PPTQ I went to. What was your experience like at that? We talked about that a lot when it was getting oh. announced. What? What? what How did you think? Uh, well, you just play a bunch of doofuses and Swiss. It's <laughs> 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 kind of what we talked. I was like, I was like, I want to be able to be a doofus and show up and win. Which makes it harder for me to do. Yeah. You play against. Um, in the Swiss, it's it's pretty easy to just update these things. Um, my mine had fifty two players, I think. Okay. So I mean, not that much harder than even some pre-releases. Yeah, and, it's just and, like a yeah. it's just like a regular GPT kind of thing. So like you, you go X one and you make top eight, and you well you you play like people who aren't as experienced. Like I remember right. the guy I played was playing like Welkin Turn in his, in his Jeskai Tokens deck. I was like, well, you need that two one flyer for two. <laughs> <laughs> that I can't block. And I'm like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> and then uh, I mean, in the, and then in the top eight, <clears throat> you just kind of have to. Normally, the first round should be pretty easy, and then uh, you just got to win coin flips against people you know, because that's you. You come with your friends, right? right? <laughs> and they're usually good enough to be there too. Right. So, like that's what happened to me. I didn't. I end up having to play like two like high caliber players, and just good matchups for me. Won the coin flips. Games just went well for you. Yep. Happens. Yes. Um, one last thing before I think we start signing off, I guess, is uh, so you're not in the next Pro Tour. What are your predictions 
for what decks are going to probably see some play. A lot of affinity. A lot of affinity. A lot of affinity. Um, and I think that people are going to try Scapeshift. Scapeshift and Affinity are going to be popular. Because those are kind of the two of the yeah. decks that didn't get as hurt from the bannings right. as other ones. Split and I twin. think the, uh, the big boogeyman is definitely going to be Abzan midrange. Or right. just junk in general. Sure. It got to keep its shiny new toys while everyone yeah. else... And I think it, it makes every its matchups better because, like, uh, Junk was not so good against Birthing Pod, right? It was it was probably, like, 40-60 right. for the Junk player. And now that, like, a bad, very prevalent matchup is gone, they have, like, right. its equity goes up. <laughs> Makes sense. Does that deck have good, like, Splinter Twin feels like it would be a decent matchup, even though Splinter they have a lot Twin of removal. Splinter Twin is an amazing matchup for that right. deck. Okay. Yeah, so there's, tons, there's, tons, there's, tons, those are the decks that good. Right, right. And Abrupt Decay. Yeah, Abrupt Decay is like... That's like the best card against them. Yeah, that's they insane. They can't have... <laughs> kills, kills their combo. Yeah. Okay, right. sorry. Uh, it's a buy. <laughs> <laughs> like Abrupt Decay, like that you couldn't have printed a magic card that was better against the deck than Abrupt Decay versus Splinter Twin. Yeah. It's impossible to beat that card. They have Kiki Jiki, come on. Yeah, but just kill the creature in the spots. Well, no, you play uh, the five drop that steals things. Yeah. yeah, that card sees you a know, lot of play. I, if, I, if I was playing a twin and Word I was of seizing, in, and I was anticipating uh, a lot of replicates, I might just go ahead and play Apostle's Blessing in my deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that's that's kind of it for today. Uh, do you have anything else you want to tell the world at large? Uh, not really. Thanks for listening. I guess. Thanks for uh, being our guest today, Andrew. We we I'm gonna see if I can convince Andrew twist his arm to try to bring the whole. The whole Heidi Ho Pro Tour queued crew, crew all at once. A, a storytelling session. Get many blue mics in the room hear, as possible. Hear the really story. Hot. We heard kind of Andrew's perspective, but uh, I'd like to hear everyone's. It'll happen one day. Perspective when it's sure. when it's possible. We can get everybody in the same room. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming by. It was fun talking to you today. Hopefully, you'll be our guest again in the future after you win mm-hmm. your next GP or Pro Tour. Uh, Pro Tour. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, keep on, you know, being handsome and and all those things. Oh, you, you too. You too. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Andrew does not have a Twitter, but there may be a link, like a secret bonus Twitter link to Andrew's Twitter if he decides to reveal it to the world. Sure. You guys can look next secret. to the video you of him. Secret, you have to find it. You can, you can look, it might be somewhere near the video of him winning a Grand Prix, if we didn't manage that already. Yeah, the, the, that is below. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, also, if you ever want to play against him and see if you can beat him, he's always at the, the doorsteps of Heidi Ho. Heidi Ho Comics. In uh, Santa, Santa Monica, Monica. Los Angeles, California. And the magic side of the store. I think, yep. actually, if you uh, beat him at the pre-release, you got a pack. Just yes. for doing it. He's gunslinging. He's <laughs> I, gunslinging. Was, I was gunslinging, yeah. Um, as always, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I am at Kess Wiley. I am uh, Ben Bateman Media on every social media platform. Twitter All of the Instagram. social media. Yeah, Instagram mostly. I always <laughs> point it out because I hate Twitter, but I use it anyway. Uh, uh, the podcast, which is probably the best way to get a hold of us because that's when we'll respond to the most quickly, is uh, the MMCast at the MMCast. And always be sure to check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone yep. with Jimmy Wong. Which and... is at The Command Cast on Twitter. Look at you. You got it right. <laughs> it's great. It's great. You got it right this week. Uh, tweet at both of us. Uh, we didn't do a deck list this week. We're going to text something awesome, brewish soon oh yeah and, and you know question of the week uh comment below send us on twitter find us on facebook if you want to be super creepy uh, <laughs> what deck are you excited to play in this new world of modern what uh new deck that no now ugh. what new deck do you want to play now that all of those big bads are gone and Blue if you red. were to fall off a boat <laughs> and you had to swim to shore how long do you think you could swim in water before your body would give out you answer that question. Yeah, you have, you have to do both. <laughs> <laughs> so your body has to give out and you have to swim? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you feel free to answer that, but that'll probably get cut out of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in today, yeah, guys. We'll see you next awesome. week. Awesome. Thanks for coming, Andrew. We'll see you guys soon. Perfect.
Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.